You are listening live to ESPN Radio, 1392.5. It's the bottom line with Brad Taylor. Thank you so much for joining us on this blessed Sunday morning. Miss Judy, make sure you're taking your meds this morning. 859-381-1313. You can email the show anytime. Bottom line, Lex at gmail.com. And you can join us on Twitter and chime in anytime at bottom line Lex. Coming up on today's show, the official bottom line SEC tournament countdown is now down to 45 days. Sponsorship available. The NFL Conference Championship games are today. So we'll be getting you ready for that. And of course, the most profitable segment in Lexington Radio. Coming off yet a very profitable week, which we will brag about ad nauseum later. Our Mac Daddy Stogies, which will focus on the NFL today as we light up those victory cigars once again before the games end. All this and much, much more on today's edition of Officially Now, the fastest growing sports talk radio show in Lexington. But first, the Goose, Jack Givens. Who are the most entertaining people in the sports world? Who are the ones that I, myself, Brad Taylor of ESPN Radio, who do I like talking about more than anybody else? The ones who are bitter to the end. Those are the most entertaining people. They're the most fun to watch on television. The ones who are always feeling like the man is keeping them down. We got screwed by the refs. You know those guys. Bitter to the end. But that's the sports world. That doesn't work very well in the real world. You stay bitter your whole life, you don't have much enjoyment until you let go of that bitterness and those grudges that you might be holding on to. Doesn't seem like it, but Jack Givens hasn't put on a uniform for the University of Kentucky in 43 years. If that doesn't make some of us feel old, nothing will. But I went through a period over a decade when I didn't like Jack Givens very much. In fact, I couldn't stand the guy. And who calls a grown man goose anyway? Seriously. It's like Mike Piazza once proclaiming he isn't going to call Larry Jones by the name everyone called him, Chipper Jones. But I digress. But I've always had a problem with Jack Givens, and I'll tell you why. No, it wasn't because I had Duke in the points in 1978. I didn't have action on the championship game until the next year. But everyone remembers Jack Givens' final game at Kentucky. When he scored 41 points in the 1978 National Championship game against Duke. In fact, I remember the date of that game. March 27th, 1978. And how do I remember that date? Because March 27th is my birthday. So on March 27th, 1978, there was a little boy in Madison County, Kentucky. And his parents were having a little bit of birthday party for him. But nobody gave a rat's butt about my birthday that night because everybody was watching the Goose score 41 points to win the national championship. So yeah, I wasn't very happy that night. Supposed to be happy when you're a kid? It's your birthday, right? No, nobody paid attention to me. Everybody's watching that stupid basketball game. By the way, go back on YouTube and watch some of the highlights of that game. I'm serious. The Goose was hitting a bunch of wide-open 12-footers that were considered deep bombs back in those days. But no, I'm not bitter at all. Just go watch the tape. You'll see for yourself. 
So while the rest of the Big Blue Nation, they're all celebrating Jack Gibbons putting up 41 points and Kentucky winning a national championship that night, I wasn't very happy at all. Because the goose got all the attention. Not poor little Brad on his birthday. And I'm running around yelling, hey, watch me hit this shot on my Nerf basketball goal. Yeah, I was just bothering the grown-ups at that point who were telling me to leave them alone and get lost because they were watching their precious goose. Everybody gathered to celebrate my birthday, using the term celebrate very loosely, but they actually just celebrated Kentucky winning the national championship. And then on the way out the door, they had to be reminded why they were there in the first place. Oh yeah, happy birthday, Brad. Hope you enjoyed watching the game. So that night, Jack Givens made the list in my little world. So for years, every time I heard the name Jack Givens, when I heard his name mentioned, I got upset. Nobody else did, but I did. I didn't care that he got 41 points that night, and that's all you ever hear about him. That'll be the second paragraph in his obituary. 41 points to the national championship game in 1978. I only cared that he ruined my birthday party when I was eight years old. So while everybody I knew loved him, I didn't love him at all. For 12 years, from 1978 to 1990, Jack Gibbons was at the top of my list as the most reviled sports figure I knew. Which is hard to believe, because you can't find anyone in the sports world that ever has one bad thing to say about Jack Gibbons. You can't find anybody. He's that nice a guy. Flash forward to 1990. I'm a kid who just moved to Atlanta. I don't have any money, and I'm all, but I'm all about meeting people. Here I am. Kid growing up on a farm in Madison County. Now I'm in the big city. Now I'm in Atlanta. Got to meet some people. So I meet a girl. And she agreed to hang out with me. Oh, I know. It's shocking. I was shocked too. But I was honest with her. I was on a budget. I couldn't afford to go to some fancy restaurant, big, some big high-class town, night on the town down in the ATL. And she was as nice as anyone could be and saying, that's okay. Why don't we just go down to the airport, people watch, and make fun of people. Oh, that's right up my alley. <laughs> so we went down to the subway. We went to the Barter station. We got our tokens, and we rode all the way down to the Atlanta airport. And, of course, that was a de- over a decade before 9-11. So at that time, you could just walk right up to the loading gates. Nobody asked you any questions. So we went to the airport and walked around, and we like to watch the I've always liked to watch the planes that come to and from Las Vegas because I've always had this theory. You can always tell the people who were leaving Las Vegas or coming back from Las Vegas just by looking at their body language. And this goes at the Las Vegas McCarran Airport, too. You can always tell who's coming to town. They've got smiles in their faces. They're happy. they got a little spring to their step. They're walking fast. But if they're coming back from Las Vegas, you can tell them, too. They don't have a smile on their face. They're walking around hunched over, and they're walking really slow, and they're blaming everything else for why they lost all their money out in the desert. So my friend and I sat at the Atlanta airport making up stories about people getting off airplanes. Hell of a night. I I can tell you right up front. It was unbelievable for a kid with no money in Atlanta. But as we were walking through that airport, I see Jack Gibbons walking right towards me. And unfortunately for me, I happened to be wearing a black Kentucky hat for some reason. Everybody that knows me now, I always wear hats. I got an early start. But, of course, I have to wear them now because 
I'm bald. I can't get my head out in the sun. But I'm always wearing a Kentucky hat that night. And as Jack Givens and I were walking past each other in the airport, I'm trying to avoid the eye contact, but the goose stops me. He sees my hat. Hey, are you from Kentucky, he says. Oh, yes, sir. And you're Jack Givens. That's what I said. So I'm expecting some grandstanding or something to make himself look good, but he couldn't have been nicer. He asked me why I was in Atlanta, where I was from, just being overly friendly when he didn't have to be friendly at all. And I'm just sitting there being nice, but I'm still bitter. I'm still remembering that night over 12 years earlier when he ruined my birthday, but I didn't say a word about that. I'm still holding that grudge. And as we all know, when you hold a grudge against someone, whether the reasons are valid or stupid, and mine was obviously stupid, the only reason that someone gets hurt in a situation like that, the only person who gets hurt is the one who holds the grudge, not the one who has the grudge against them. So as the goose walked away from me, I'm muttering to myself, look at this guy, trying to make up for that night. He ruined my birthday, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, whatever. And I was ready to keep walking until the girl I was with said, wow, what a nice guy he was. And he was a star basketball player too? And he stopped you to talk you to talk to you only because you're wearing that hat? Wow, you Kentucky people really stick together. Both of you were so nice to each other. Wow, that's very impressive. So at that moment, the girl I was with saw me a little differently. And if Jack Gibbons could help me score with the ladies of the ATL, he might not be such a bad guy after all. So at that very moment, he was forgiven. And maybe the big guy upstairs was teaching me a lesson about holding silly grudges. A lesson I learned in the real world, but still love watching in the sports world. So flash forward to yesterday, when Jack Givens is the bearer of really bad news for the Big Blue Nation. The Goose was on that BBN Tonight show. By the way, I see there's an opening for a co-host on that show next to my old friend Keith Farmer. I can't understand for the world why they haven't called me yet. I have no idea why. That's another story for another day. Don't answer that question, because I don't want to hear the answer. Anyway, Jack Evans was on that show yesterday and proclaimed that he would be 100% surprised if there is an SEC tournament played at all this season. Uh Uh-oh. Wait a minute. Kentucky, coming off a win yesterday to make them 5-9 and on the season, they need that tournament. If they have any chance of making the SEC tournament, It's absolutely essential because there's no other way it'll happen. And now you're telling me from the goose's mouth himself that there isn't going to be an SEC tournament? Well, now you're just selling me a bill of goods, goose. How can this team, not sitting in a position to make the tournament, they're sitting at 5-9, and 4-3 in the SEC, and Joe Lenardi, doesn't have this team within miles of making the NCAA tournament at the moment. How can this team make that tournament without winning the SEC tournament? They can't. And now you're telling me that the only path to the tournament has just been closed because of the COVID? Well, there goes the season. So leave it to the goose to ruin Kentucky's night, just like he ruined my birthday in 1978. And he ruined Kentucky's win over LSU last night, a game in which Kentucky actually played well. Other than the point guards, Mitz and Askew, everybody on the team played very well. 
And the buzz, of course, now, Brandon B.J. Boston. He's back. He's back in the first round of the NBA draft. Well, let's see it over a month, not a week. The most efficient player on the floor, actually, was Lance Ware. Finally playing in a role he fits in. 17 minutes, 7 points, perfect shooting. The magic number for Kentucky this year, 65. When they score more than 65, they're 5-0. and When they score less than 65, they're 0-9. Easy math, right? But of course, Calipari fends off those in the Big Blue Nation calling for his job at least until Tuesday night. And we'll get to that game in just a minute. But last night's win for Kentucky could be put on the LSU coach, Will Wade, who came out with a full-court press on Kentucky to start the game, a decision that immediately backfired. In the first 10 minutes of the game, when LSU was pressing full-court, Kentucky outscored them by 13 points. When Will Wade called off the full-court press the last 30 minutes of the game, both teams played evenly. So Will Wade gets all the blame for that one. By the way, how is Will Wade still coaching? Seriously, they have tapes of him admitting his guilt and making deals. How is he still there? It's incredible, but I digress. But of course, the most entertaining part of the Kentucky season hasn't been anything on the court. It's been Calipari's press conferences after the games. Last night, he gave us one gem. Even in a win, he dropped a, you know one that we can remember. Cal said he didn't even look at the scoreboard in the first half because he wasn't paying attention to the score. Uh-huh. Do you really believe that? I don't for a minute. But we're not a show about looking back and telling you what happened. We don't want to insult your intelligence. Anybody can sit there and tell you what happened. Let's tell you what's going to happen. If we were that show, we'd still be talking about Georgia and Kentucky and a game that Kentucky blew earlier last week when they were favored to win out in the desert and had a lead late in the game. That's a game they're going to regret for a long time, especially if they don't make the NCAA tournament. But we're a show of telling you what's going to happen because we're fortune tellers in Sports Talk Radio right now. We don't need to tell you everything that happened last night or we'd sit here and talk about Jimmy Dykes taking off his shirt on national television and I don't think anybody wants to hear about that. Kentucky has two humongous games this week. If they win them both, which we don't think they will, the season changes immediately on a dime. Tuesday night, Kentucky travels to Alabama. Alabama ranked number 18 in the AP poll. And more importantly to us, number 10 in the Ken Pomeroy ratings. Nate Oates, a guy we like because he called out Coach K earlier this season. We'll have more on that guy later too. When Nate Oates is an SEC home favorite, you don't really see much of a difference out in the desert. He's 6-6 against the point spread. John Calipari is an SEC road dog. It's not good. When he's expected to lose, he loses. He's 7-13 against the spread when he's a road underdog in the SEC, including losing by 7 as a 3-point underdog to Auburn 8 days ago. Ken Pomeroy says Alabama will win this game 76-67. Heck, Alabama won right across the street here in Lexington by 20 points earlier this month. Why can't they win by 40 down in Tuscaloosa? Okay, that's crazy talk. But Alabama will be a solid favorite in this game. And if I had to pick a line right now, I'd say Alabama will be anywhere from a 6 to an 8 point favorite in this game. But that's just a precursor to next Saturday. The 
SEC Big Ten Classic, whatever it's called now, when the Texas Longhorns come to town, coached by Shaka Smart himself. Texas is ranked number five in the AP poll, number eight in the Ken Pomeroy ratings. Shaka Smart, when he's a road favorite in non-conference games while at Texas, he's only one in three gets a spread, losing to straight-up powerhouses like Georgia, Providence, and VCU, a team he once coached. But he hasn't been a favorite on the road in a non-conference game in three years. Of course, John Calipari, he's never been a non-conference home dog except for one time, December of 2013 against Louisville. Calipari was a one-point underdog in that game. Kentucky won that game against the number one ranked Louisville Cardinals at the time. Kentucky won that game by seven points. Ken Pomeroy says Texas will win this game 69-65. And we see Texas probably being about a one-possession favorite in this game. But this is a huge week for Kentucky basketball. We don't think, to be honest, and we hate to be the bearer of bad news here at Lexington, we don't think they win either one of these two games this week. But even if they do win them both, that still leaves them at 7-9, and nine, trying to make the NCAA tournament. But now, with our official bottom line countdown to the SEC tournament, down to 45 days, sponsorship available, that countdown is now in jeopardy due to the COVID riding on the wall. And leave it to an old enemy, who was eventually forgiven for his kindness and helping me with the ladies down in the ATO, Jack Givens, the goose himself, to ruin the party for everyone once again, just like he did for me in 1978. Yeah, I lied. I'm still bitter to the end. Especially at the goose. And that's the bottom line. ESPN Radio 1300, 92.5. The bottom line with Brad Taylor coming up after the break. More college basketball. And of course, the NFL playoffs are today. We'll have all the picks for that game in our Mac Daddy Stogies later in the show. But first, Whitetail Heaven Outfitters Outdoor Superstore. They opened on Black Friday to raving reviews. Their Christmas sale went off great, and they have all kinds of overstocked merchandise right now. Anything you have, equipment and apparel for the hunter and fisherman in your life. I was in there before Christmas. It's an amazing place, that virtual archery practice range. Unbelievable thing to watch as these people were practicing their archery right there in the in the store. They have tents outside, but those post-Black Friday and post-Christmas bargains are about to go away, so make sure to go see our friends at Whitetail Heaven Outfitters Outdoor Superstore, three miles south of Fayette Mall. It's the Whitetail Heaven Outfitters Outdoor Superstore. Make sure to tell them the bottom line sent you. Our unranked traps for the week coming off a huge week right after the break here on ESPN Radio 1300 and 92.5. ESPN Radio 1300, 92.5. Bottom line with Brad Taylor. Thank you so much for listening to us this morning. We really appreciate it. Wherever you are, thank you for taking time out of your busy Sunday for us. The rest of the world of college basketball yesterday. Plenty of upsets to talk about. Oregon State was a nine and a half point favorite. They upset straight up number 21 Oregon. We're going to get to them in just a minute by 11 points. So basically, they won that game by 20. How many is that? 11? 20 and a half points out in Las Vegas. Unbelievable that Oregon, with one of our favorite coaches, Dana Altman, would lose a game that badly when they're their favorite at home. Oklahoma, unranked, beat number nine Kansas yesterday, 75 68. 
Maryland was a six-point underdog, and they won at number 17, Minnesota. Just like Stanford, a six-point underdog, won at number 24, UCLA. Those were both upsets, both in the real world with the rankings and against the spread. Also, number 16, Virginia Tech, and number 20, Clemson, lost to Syracuse and Florida State, respectively. We'll talk more about those games in just a minute. But in case you haven't noticed this year, there's two college basketball teams right now absolutely head and shoulders above everyone else. Gonzaga, Baylor. And they're two different teams because Gonzaga always plays that tough non-conference schedule that you wouldn't believe they would play. And they did so again this year. They took down Kansas, Iowa, Virginia, all top teams. They beat all those teams by double digits, so they weren't messing around. But they have to play that tough non-conference schedule because between the months of January and March, they play in that West Coast Conference, which isn't exactly the Big East of 1985. So yeah, they go into hiding from January 1st on. That's why Gonzaga has to play all those big teams early, and they routed them all this year. So they're right up there with Baylor, who has been the best team in America in the month of January, running through the Big 12, already 7-0 and this month. So these are easily the two best teams in the country right now. Right now, Barring a major collapse, both will be number one seeds for the NCAA tournament. By the way, you're looking for a little bit of action on Gonzaga. They have nine regular season games left, all in conference, so they're basically cupcake games, and the West Coast Conference Tournament. So if you can find odds for it, in, and you can in faraway places, if you know what I mean, taking Gonzaga to finish the regular season undefeated isn't a bad proposition at all at this point. Baylor, yeah, they're going to lose. They play in a much tougher schedule. They play in a tougher conference. But Gonzaga may not lose. Gonzaga's probably going to enter this tournament the number one overall seed. But will they win this tournament? Or will they disappoint in the tournament like they've seemed to have done every tournament for the last 20 years, except the first one where they were a Cinderella coming out of nowhere? Keep in mind Villanova. Disappointed for many years in the tournament. They finally won. Virginia, disappointed for many years in the tournament, including losing in the first round one year as a number one seed. They finally won. Things that make you go, hmm, exactly. Let's get to our unranked traps. If you follow us on Twitter, at BottomLineLux, we always have our Kentucky handicaps on uh, Kentucky game days. We also kind of give you our uh, unranked traps for that day. We got three out of three yesterday. We had Oklahoma over Kansas. We had uh, Virginia Tech and Clemson both losing their games, too. So we called three out of three upset specials yesterday. So if you're a fan of cashing tickets, make sure to follow us at Bottom Line Lex. If you're a fan of losing money and looking dumb, then don't follow us. It's your decision. Last week at this spot, we told you to take Florida State over Clemson. Winner. Syracuse over Virginia Tech, winner. We also gave you Louisville over Duke. That was also a winner. And Coach K was his typical self when asked about that really hard question yesterday. Hey, what's the next step forward after this loss, Coach? Oh, what a hard-hitting question. And that kid got everything he deserved from Coach K as he gave him the business and said, and went into his, like, I played and you didn't kind of mode, basically hitting the kid and putting him in his, in his place. By the way, Coach K not looking too good physically right now. I don't know. I don't know if this is the season or, or what. But other than that jet black hair dye, which still looks perfect, he doesn't look the same these days. I digress. But Coach K 
not having a good season, especially after you cancel all the preseason games when you lost a couple and got scared because of the COVID. I digress. Our non, uh, our unranked traps for the week or lower-ranked teams that will pull off the upsets over the big-ranked teams. Monday, number 12, Texas Tech will go to West Virginia. We'd like West Virginia to take that one down. And if you're looking for a team to fade this week, we talked about that a minute ago. Number 21, Oregon. They've got to do the L.A. run out in the Pac-10 this week. They've got to go to UCLA, and then they've got to go to USC. We think they'll lose both of those teams, both of those games this week. USC is unranked. They're going to take down Oregon as well. So, yeah, if you're looking for a big-name team to fade this week, and it's never a good idea to go against Data Altman, especially the NCAA tournament. We'll have more about that later in March, I'm sure. But you don't make a lot of money over the years going against Data Altman. This week, you might. So this is the week to go against them. Friday night, a game we really like. Number four, Iowa, at number 22, Illinois. We're going to see the Illinois fighting Illini. We're going to see them take down Iowa on Friday night. Look out for that one. And then on Saturday, we've got a couple for you. One that doesn't really count, the aforementioned Duke. They'll get another rematch with Clemson. They'll be a favorite in this game. So is it really an unranked trap when the unranked team is favored? Not really. And another game uh, we like next Saturday, the unranked trap specials. Number 17, Minnesota, will go to Purdue, unranked. Purdue will take them down. So there you go, your unranked and lower-ranked traps for the week. Make sure to get on those bad boys so you can take them to the desert and smoke them. But coming up, the most profitable segment in Lexington Radio, our NFL picks as we talk NFL football. The big conference championship games are today. We'll tell you everything you need to know about those games coming up. But first, one of my favorite days of the year, I always say this, February 15th. You know why? Because Valentine's Day is over. But if you have to get something for your significant other, go see our friends at St. John and Myers Jewelry. They're the best in the business at offering high-class jewelry here in Central Kentucky. Lewis and the staff over at St. John and Myers, the perfect place to get your significant other what he or she deserves this Valentine's Day. And if you walk into their location, 198 Moore Drive, you will get $150 off any purchase if you simply mention the bottom line. That's the easiest money you'll ever make. Walk in, say, the bottom line sent me, here, here's $150 in free merchandise. Well, not free, but you know what I'm saying. $150 off any purchase. That's a great deal if there ever was one. So check out our friends at St. John and Myers Jewelry, stjohnandmyers.com, 198 Moore Drive, and make sure to tell them the bottom line sent you. Big bucks, no whammies after the break. Our Mac Daddy Stogie right here on ESPN Radio 1300. And 92.5. ESPN Radio. 1300. 92.5. It's the bottom line with Brad Taylor. I got my headphones caught up in my hat here. What am I doing? Thank you for joining us on this Sunday morning as I get myself straightened out here. It's time, ladies and gentlemen, to talk NFL football. Today is one of the biggest days, if not the biggest day, the NFL season. The conference championship games and quarterbacks are really making a lot of news this offseason. News came out yesterday. Matthew Stafford requests a trade from the Lions. Oh, why wouldn't he? You're a little bit late about that. It's about time. Stafford's 16th all-time in NFL history in passing yards. I don't think you would have guessed that. I I wouldn't have either. But have you ever considered him one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL? Nope. Me neither. I was in Atlanta when Matthew Stafford was at Georgia. And they went into the 2008 season, University of Georgia, as the number one team in America. 
and Matthew Stafford, A.J. Green, Bengals fans, you've heard of him, no Sean Moreno, who was the Heisman Trophy favorite when the season started. There's some names for you. That team went 10-3, and but the dog nation down there in Georgia, they were not happy. Kind of like they're not happy here if you lose a game in basketball. If you go 38-1, they're not happy with the season. They were not happy with 10-3 and down in Georgia for that year. Why? Expectations. Got your expectations up. Number one preseason team, 10-3, and nope, it's not good enough. In fact, all three of those players that I mentioned before, Stafford, Green, Marino, they all left town after that season. But what people don't know about that team is Matthew Stafford wanted to come back to Athens for his senior year. But Mark Richt, another classic underachiever, the coach of Georgia at the time, basically told Stafford, eh, why don't you just go to the NFL? We'll be okay. Just take off. And Matthew Stafford was very serious with his girlfriend at the time, another UGA student who he wound up marrying, but he wanted to come back to Georgia. And Mark Rick basically said, eh, that's okay. Well, you're not, uh, we're not going to let you come back. And then, of course, they said, oh, well, you'll be a number one pick. You can't come back. Well, that works in basketball. Eh, not so much in football. That should tell you everything you need to know about Stafford right there. I've heard everything about him going to New England. I've heard every place about where he might end up. But I don't know why you'd want him instead of Deshaun Watson, who also requested a trade out of the train wreck that is Houston this week. There aren't three quarterbacks in the league right now better than Deshaun Watson. I'm here to tell you. In fact, he was third in the pro football focus player grades for the season behind Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, who we'll be talking about momentarily. Not bad for a guy in a 4-12 and team, but that's neither here nor there. And since Watson has a no-trade clause, he can basically list the teams he wants to go to. Number one on his list, the Jets. Number two, the Dolphins. Why would you want to go to those two teams? What is he thinking? Those are the best choices you can come up with? Well, if my team just interviewed Josh McCown for their head coaching position, by the way, Josh McCown was actually on the roster this year. I'm not so sure Houston has a clue what they're doing. No wonder Watson wants out. Why don't they just hire Eric Bieniemy from Kansas City? I, it's overdue. Why isn't he not a coach right now? You always hear the excuses, oh, he doesn't interview well. Well, that's code for something else, and I think we all know what that is. It's another topic for another day. That's easily the best choice they could make, but what do I know? By the way, if Bieniemy doesn't get hired this year, you're going to hear some stuff about that. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to tell you, if Bieniemy doesn't get hired this year, and he should be, you're going to hear about it all over the league. But there's 20 teams right now that should trade at least three first-round draft picks for Deshaun Watson. Let's see who pulls the trigger. Other quarterback news this week. Phillip Rivers retired. And, of course, immediately here comes the accolades down from the clouds about that he's a future, future Hall of Famer. Is he? I'll say this. If you put Phillip Rivers in, you better put my man Matt Ryan in from Atlanta. Matt Ryan has more passing yards per season. Matt Ryan has an MVP. Matt Ryan has a Super Bowl appearance. Philip Rivers never won an MVP or a conference championship. And that doesn't even begin to touch the argument of the guy he was traded for on draft day in 2004, Eli Manning. Eli Manning is going to make the Hall of Fame, and he does not deserve to. But Matt Ryan wouldn't even be a question if he hadn't finished that Super Bowl with a loss after he was leading 28-3. That doesn't seem like four years ago, but it was. So Eli Manning will make the Hall of Fame. Phillip Rivers probably makes it. And Matt Ryan 
probably doesn't. Although Ryan is the most deserving of the three. But as we always say on this show, it's all about who you are in life. But of course, Philip Rivers is always going to be a Hall of Fame father because he's got nine kids. Yeah, sheesh, I'd just keep playing to stay away from those kids. Why retire now? Can't you go be a backup somewhere? Can't you go play in Canada? How about the Arena League? Yeah, Philip Rivers, you need to keep playing because, yeah, it's, it's got to stay out of that house with nine kids. Goodness gracious. But let's look at today's games. Enough foolishness. The conference championship games, the hosts in these games, they're on a 12 and 2 straight up run the last seven years, 10 and 4 against the spread the last seven years. Those are the teams playing at home. And when those home teams are favored by seven points or fewer, as they both are today, those teams are 13 and 4 and 12 and 5 against the spread in their last 17. And those games have also gone over at an 11 5 and 1 rate. Both of those games today fit those criteria. What do you look for in the playoffs if you're just blindly trying to handicap these and not looking at anything? Does the host have playoff experience? Yes, they do. Where's the money going? Which team has the better quarterbacks? By the way, it's no coincidence that four of the of the five quarterbacks of the top five rankings and player and pro football focus player grades this season, four of the top five are playing today. Deshaun Watson, the only outlier. And which team is playing better right now? Those are the kind of the things you look for. So let's start in Green Bay. The Packers are three and a half point favorite over Tampa. Fifty two is your total. The coaches in the playoffs. Matt Lafleur at Green Bay, two and one against the spread. Bruce Arians in the playoffs. One and five against the spread. The only one being the last game he played last week. Oh, Tom Brady. He's been awesome in the playoffs against the spread, I'm sure. No, he hasn't. He is 50% in his career against the spread in the playoffs. You'd think it would be higher? No, it's not. You've actually lost money with Tom Brady if you bet on him in the playoffs only. Aaron Rodgers, though, 13-6 and against the spread in the playoffs. That's very good. These are the best two quarterbacks in the league in the pro football-focused player grades this season. And, of course, fans have waited for this one for a long time because of the quarterbacks, Rodgers and Brady. And on today, their patience is rewarded. They're going for the NFC title. Green Bay comes in off a decisive 32-18 win over the Rams. Their coach, Matt LaFleur, doesn't get a lot of publicity because everybody thinks it's it's, uh, Aaron Rodgers. But they've had back-to-back 13-3 seasons now. And unlike a year ago when the odds of getting by this game seemed long for the Packers, the Packers are in a position where they're favored to advance to the Super Bowl. They're playing at home, and they have the league's number one scoring scoring offense behind the efforts of the league MVP, Aaron Rodgers. And they've only been held below 22 points once the entire season. That's a very telling stat. Of course, that one game was at the hands of this week's opponent, Tampa in October where they lost 13, 38-10. Excuse me. Green Bay, though, have won seven of the straight games, and they're making their sixth NFC title game appearance in their last 15 seasons. But it's the first one at home under Aaron Rodgers. And they've advanced to the Super Bowl only once in those 15 years, and that was 10 years ago. Of course, the Buccaneers, Tom Brady, a lot of people out in the desert, as soon as the news came last March that Tom Brady was going to Tampa, Everybody put a lot of future money on the Buccaneers to win the Super Bowl, and now they're two games away from cashing in on those. So the desert, definitely rooting for the Packers in this game. That offense has really hit the stride in the last few games, averaging 34.8 points a game, the Bucs are, in the last seven games. 
But last week's win over New Orleans was due to the defense. Head coach Bruce Arians, who we told you earlier, 1-5 against the spread career in the playoffs. He may have to take a step up because the prognosticators early in the season weren't a big fan of him coaching Tom Brady this year. Franchise has not reached this stage, Tampa, since they won the Lombardi Trophy 18 years ago. It doesn't seem like that long. It's just, it's, oh, it's, um, it's unbelievable. You consider this team inexperienced, but no, they're not inexperienced. They've got a coach and a quarterback who've been there before. The Packers opened as a consensus four-point home favorite. It immediately got hit up to four and a half, but as the week has progressed, a lot of Tampa money's been coming in. A lot of those squares have been putting their money on Tom Brady, which is to be expected. The quarterback matchup here stands out as one of the most decorated in history, Rodgers and Brady. They've combined for five MVPs, a sixth likely for Rodgers, as well as the oldest matchup for quarterbacks ever in the playoffs. They're over 80 years old combined. So make no mistake, Packers and the Bucks they both rely on passing to power their chances today. But Rodgers will be at home this time, and no quarterback in the game is playing better right now than Aaron Rodgers. We're going to take the Packers today, giving up those three and a half points, and we're going to go over that total. So Packers, minus three and a half, over the 52. Those are your Mac Daddy Stogies for game one. Game number two, Kansas City, minus three, with Patrick Mahomes starting now. But how healthy is he really? Total 55 against Buffalo. Both these coaches against the spread in the playoffs. Very mediocre. Sean McDermott at Buffalo, 2-2. Two two. Andy Reid, career, 48% against the spread in the playoffs. Ugh. And a lot of games where he should have won and didn't. These quarterbacks, Josh Allen, 1-2 in the playoffs. But I have to admit, and a lot of people out there were too, I was wrong about Josh Allen. I never thought he'd be this good or get Buffalo near this far. Patrick Mahomes, 4-2 against the spread in the playoffs lifetime. It's tough to see these games, these teams, having the same type of game they had back earlier in the season because those of you thinking that'll be a romp for the Chiefs because of Kansas City's 26-17 win at Buffalo back in Week 6, well, the Bills actually have a better point differential this season. The Bills were plus 7.9, while Kansas City was 6.8. And keep in mind, Kansas City didn't cover a spread after November 1st all season long. Josh Allen playing every bit as well as the great Patrick Mahomes right now. Every bit. And right now, with a quarterback rating of 81.5 in the second half of the season, he was better than Patrick Mahomes at 80.6. So at full strength, both teams, this is a surprisingly even matchup. And if you're wondering about injuries in this game, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire for the Chiefs looks like he's going to be playing. He's probable at this moment. They had him questionable earlier this week. The Chiefs opened a consensus two-and-a-half-point favorite, but that was mainly on the Patrick Mahomes doubt. There were some places in faraway places that had the Bills as a favorite, assuming that Patrick Mahomes was not playing and Chad Hitty was playing. So that should tell you the odds makers put that much value, a touchdown value in Patrick Mahomes. If Patrick Mahomes was not playing today, Buffalo would be a field goal favorite in this game at Kansas City. That should tell you everything you need to know. Our trend for this game, we've played this throughout the playoffs, the high winds, and there's going to be high winds in Kansas City again today, just like it was last week. When the wind speed is 10 or above, we like playing unders in these games, whether it's the postseason or the regular season. 
That hits 58% of the time in the last 15 years. So the teams we like today, Buffalo in this one. Give us Josh Allen. You're going to give us three and a quarterback that may or not be may or may not be 100% healthy and Patrick Mahomes? We'll take Buffalo. Their one shining moment today. It will go under the 55 due to the weather. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, our Mac Daddy Stogies for the NFL playoffs today. Take Green Bay, giving up the three and a half, go over the 52, and take Buffalo, getting those points, and go under the 55. Those are your Mac Daddy Stogies for the week. Make sure to take those bad boys to the desert and smoke them. And as always, we make sure to tell you, may the winners be yours today. Coming up after the break, we'll see if Angelo's around. We'll preview the Angelo show and get you ready for the day on ESPN Radio. And, of course, we'll talk about some quick hitters on our own in the baseball world. Yes, there's baseball hot stove stuff going on right now. But first, Clark's, Clark's Auto Service. ClarksAutoLexington.com. Bill Clark, Ethan Hall, and our friends out of Clark's Auto Service. I told you last week when it was really cold driving in here and it was snowing outside. It was looking like one of those uh, Hallmark Christmas movies. We said our my, my car was as toasty as could be. I had to turn the heat off when it was snowing because it was so warm in my car because they fixed the heat in my car. So, yes, Clark's Auto Service, the best in the business. I've relied on them, and they have come through like uh, the champions that they are. Make sure to check them out, clarksautolexington.com, and make sure to tell them the bottom line sent you. Some quick hitters, and we'll get you ready for the day on ESPN Radio right after this here on ESPN Radio 1392.5. ESPN Radio, 1,392.5. Bottom line with Brad Taylor. We thank you so much for joining us on this Sunday morning. May the winners be yours in the NFL playoffs today. Boy, do we have some breaking big news for you regarding the NCAA tournament here on ESPN Radio, 1,392.5. The powers that be have gone against better judgment, and they are giving the bottom line a special bracketology spectacular. And that'll be airing on the Tuesday after Selection Sunday. I'm not sure what date that is, but whenever the brackets come out on that Sunday, that Tuesday, we'll be on with our good friend John Clay of the Lexington Herald-Leader, and we will be talking about the brackets. A bracketology spectacular is what we're calling it. It's officially named the Bottom Line Bracketology Spectacular. It'll be airing uh, that Tuesday after the uh, brackets come out on that Sunday, Huge news. I don't know why they gave us that show, but apparently they want to hear us talking about the brackets. Then who doesn't want to hear us talking about the brackets? Because that's what we're all about here on ESPN Radio. Wall-to-wall, gavel-to-gavel coverage of the NCAA tournament coming in March, whether Kentucky makes it or not. So fear not, because we know you're going to be sitting at your desk saying, hey, why can't, where can I listen to the tournament? ESPN Radio, every single game, you're going to have that this year. But make sure to look forward to our Bracketology Spectacular coming up the Tuesday After brackets are announced on Sunday, John Clay of the Herald-Leader will join me, Brad Taylor. We'll go toe-to-toe, believe me. We've done this before. We never agree on anything. That's the reason why they gave us the show. So, yes, we're looking forward to that one. Today on ESPN Radio, it's football. 2 o'clock, Tampa Bay against Green Bay. The Bay of Pigs, as Pete Axtell used to call it, if you remember that back that far. And, of course, at 6.15, Buffalo and Kansas City. And after today, we will know... The two teams that will be in the Super Bowl two weeks from today. Uh, we do have some uh, baseball news. We are the voice of the Reds here on uh, ESPN Radio 1392.5. And there's been buzz about Luis Castillo 
getting traded to the Yankees for apparently magic beads. The Reds asked for Glaber Torres. Uh, the Yankees said, uh, no, that's not. Of course, these talks have died down a bit right now. But if you're the Reds, why would you want to trade this? The last time you traded a nice pitcher to the Yankees, it was Araldis Chapman. And you got four guys back in that deal. Oh, congratulations. Where are those four guys today? They're all out on the streets because none of them are, are playing in the major leagues while Araldis Chapman is still closing games for the Yankees. Uh-huh. Great trade you made there, Reds. That's why the guy who made that trade is no longer with the organization. That's neither here nor there. But yes, don't be trading Luis Castillo for Magic Beads. He is a Cy Young candidate this year. I don't understand. this. A trade like this would be right up there with Araldis Chapman and right behind trading Frank Robinson in his prime for Magic Beads. But not, it wouldn't be that bad, but it wouldn't be far from it. Of course, it also, it wouldn't, it'd be right up there with the Edgar, Edgar Encarnacion, Edwin Encarnacion for Scott Rowland deal. That was another one that went south really quickly. But I digress. But uh, yeah, no, more Reds pitching news. Trevor Bauer, he's a free agent, but the Reds have no chance to sign him. Yeah, of course they don't. Bauer has two things in, that he can do really well in this world. Throw a baseball and piss people off. That's why he's not with the Reds. He'll be going to a big market team, Yankees, Dodgers, something like that. But that's all the time we have for today. Make sure to listen to the Angelo Show coming up after uh, the top of the hour. You can follow us on Twitter at Bottom Line Lex. We have picks for all our games all the time, especially on UK game days. Make sure to email anytime, bottomlinelex at gmail.com. And as always, we appreciate you listening. And until the next time, as always, may the winners be yours.